Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following took place just after I turned 18. I won't give out my place of employment or details on the location of where I work. I work at a mall, so I encounter plenty of people every day. This particular encounter took place four years ago. I opened my store and began daily tasks, such as reading and responding to emails and changing signs to match the deals that were going on that day. It was a quick shift because it was only a part-time job for me. I clocked in and four hours later I clocked out and went to my college classes. Nothing particularly strange happened that day that stood out to me. Just the usual helping customers find items that they're looking for and ringing them up. It wasn't until a few days later when I was sitting in a restaurant with my boyfriend at the time and my phone was buzzing like crazy. The girls in my work group chat were going nuts over a screenshot of a man's post on Craigslist. When I opened the image, the man was describing his encounter with me in my store in the missed connections on Craigslist. Apparently, I had helped him find items for his daughter, rung him up, and he left without any crazy alarms going off in my head. 
As I sat in the restaurant with my boyfriend thinking back to my shift a few days prior, I thought back to a couple of men that it could have been that day. For the next couple of weeks, I watched my back at work. I made sure I carefully examined each person, especially men, who entered and exited. This was my first job, and because I was 18, I didn't have a lot of experience with people constantly checking me out on the innocent end of the spectrum or stalking me the more extreme end. This whole experience still has me looking over my shoulder, not for the same man, but for any other person who may slip under my radar and go unnoticed as a total creep. I no longer wear a name badge and my co-workers know not to give out my schedule. Just makes you think. So, over the last seven months, I've been working for someone I responded to on Craigslist. Well, I'll just explain everything. This seems like an appropriate place to post this. I was scouring the internet for some sort of paying gig, I didn't really care what. Then I came across a post on Craigslist, I had just refreshed the page, and there it was. Someone was looking for a person to come by and feed their pets. I assumed they were going out of town or something. So I contacted them and left my number through email. I got a response immediately in the form of a phone call. The caller was a man who explained to me that he was moving out of town, and his parents had cats they wanted fed daily. I gave the man my name so he could run me through a cursory background check, and in about 20 minutes I was hired. I went there the next morning to get all the instructions and whatnot, and met the man I'd spoken to on the phone. His name was Ben. Ben explained to me that he would no longer be able to care for his parents' cats, and that his parents needed to focus on themselves, so I was being brought on to take care of that. The money would be left on the kitchen table at the end of every week, $200 a week just to feed some cats I know right. In addition to that, money for more cat food would be left for me as needed. Then he told me the first thing that I thought was strange. I was to come at exactly 10 a.m. every day and be gone by 10, 10 a.m. And I was to never, under any circumstances, to interact with his parents. He told me that when I'm in their home, they will be in their chairs in the living room, watching television, and that I was not to disturb them, ever. He asked if any of that would be a problem, to which I assured him it wouldn't. He then showed me the area in which the cats eat, there were four cats, and where the food was kept. While not rude in the least, he was very adamant that I not explore further in the house, which I promised him wouldn't be a problem. He ushered me outside and showed me where the spare key was in case the door was ever locked, but he told me that was very unlikely to happen. And with that, he expressed his hope that I could be trusted one last time, shook my hand, and told me to be there at 10 a.m. every day starting tomorrow. If I was ever unable to make it, call and leave a message on their home phone, to which he gave me the number. I shook my head and was on my way. The next day came, and I went inside at exactly 10 a.m. I walked into the house, and immediately to my right were Ben's parents, sitting in recliners, facing away from me, watching some kind of game show. I announced my presence, which they ignored, and made my way to the kitchen. I fed the cats bowls and left. This exact same scenario played out countless times over the next few months. 10 a.m., unreturned, hello, feed the cats, leave. On Fridays, I would pick up the small stack of $1.20 bills from the kitchen table. It was the easiest job I ever had. Then came the inevitable. One day, I was running late. I got to the house at 10.08. I entered and apologized to Ben's parents for being late, 
to which I once again got no response. They just kept sitting in their chairs watching their game show. I went to the kitchen and fed the cats. I looked at my phone, which read 1011, and walked down the hall towards the front door. When I reached the living room, I jumped and gasped out of shock. Ben's parents were now standing in the dark behind their chairs, completely still, staring directly at me. I apologized for running late and got out of there. Though unnerved, I went back the next day on time, and everything was fine. A few more months went by of nothing strange, and then came the last day I was there. I got there at 10.03, but wasn't worried because I knew I could be out before 10.10. The problem came when I was in the kitchen, and I heard someone whisper the words, help me. It startled me, and I jumped, looking around for the source of the cry for help. I saw no one around, but I heard it again, and then a third time. I began looking around before realizing I was running behind. I looked at my phone and it was 10.10. My heart sank to my stomach when I looked down the hallway and saw Ben's parents for the first time in the light. They were grossly emaciated and pale, looking completely malnourished. They were essentially walking skeletons. I apologized for taking so long and said I'd be on my way, but they just stood there, blocking the way to the front door. I said I would take the back door, which was located in the kitchen, but when I went to open it, I found that it required a key to open from the inside seriously. It was at this point that true panic set in. I looked behind me, and the parents were now about a half a foot away from the entrance to the kitchen, and I had nowhere else to go except what I presumed was a door to a pantry. They had blank stares across their faces, and their eyes looked as if the life had left them a long time ago. In a last-ditch effort, I went to the door that I thought was the pantry, and was instead met with a staircase leading into a basement, with, of course, no light. As soon as I opened the door, there was a horrid stench that washed over the otherwise clean air I was standing in. I carefully went down the stairs and looked for a window, but they were all nailed shut. I happened to look back up the stairs, and the parents were now standing next to each other at the top of the stairs. It was truly horrifying. I pulled out my phone and called 911, not knowing what else to do, and when I explained my situation, they said they would send a car out immediately, and to stay on the phone while they connected me to the unit en route. I ran into the dark basement using my phone as a light. It didn't provide too much illumination since I was in the middle of a call, but it was just enough. There were racks of junk that lined the basement, separating it into almost aisles. I went down down to check if any of the windows were possibly loose like I'd be that lucky. Then I turned around and shined the light in front of me, and I was inches away from the parents' lifeless-looking faces. I let out a scream and ran in the other direction, and tripped over something, sending my phone flying from my hand. Of course, it landed face down so I couldn't find it. I ran back up the stairs and into the kitchen, looking back and seeing the parents standing at the bottom of the stairs, with slight grins on their faces. I ran down the hall to the front door and flung it open, screaming when I saw the cop standing right in front of me. He asked me if I was the one that called as I pushed past him to get outside and told him I was. I looked in the window and saw the parents sitting in their chairs, watching their game show. I explained that these crazy old people had trapped me in their house and were chasing me around. The cop went in to talk to the parents and look around while I sat in the cop car. He came back out about five minutes later and asked if I was sure someone was chasing me. I said yes, I was absolutely sure that it was the two old people that lived there. 
He informed me that the people that lived there, the people in the chairs, have been dead for quite some time. I asked what the smell in the basement was, and he said there was another body down there. Backup showed up. I gave them my statement and explained how I'd been coming there every day for months and months to feed the cats. I told them to call Ben, the homeowner's son. I gave them the number, and it was disconnected. I found out a few days later that the body in the basement was Ben. What I don't get is who's been paying me. I had a four-bedroom house with a friend while in college. We rented out two of the rooms and mostly found people from Craigslist or from flyers on campus. The extra rooms were like revolving doors and we had new roommates all the time. One guy, ex-marine, shows up, we give him a tour and all seems normal. He mentions he had a small dog pug and we say it isn't a problem as we have dogs and he moves in the next day. We literally saw this guy once every two weeks. So four weeks into him living there, we start to notice a foul smell emanating from his room. When we open the door, we find a giant bowl full of food and another giant bowl for water along with piles of shit everywhere. The room was one massive shit box. Turns out the guy just needed a place to keep his dog while he went out to party all day and night. We immediately call him and it goes to voicemail. We send him a WTF text and no response. We text him he has a week to get his stuff, and then we are changing the locks. Plus, he is not getting his $500 deposit back. So he shows up one day while both me and my other permanent roommate are at school. We show up back at the house, and the dog and his clothes are the only things gone. He left a bedroom furniture set, television, other odd and end stuff, and piles of dog shit. Some of his belongings are ruined from shit and piss but we still manage to clean and salvage what we can. We change the locks that day and sell all his crap on Craigslist, and I make about $1.600. With that I paid for the room to be professionally cleaned, carpet replaced, and moved on about my business. I stopped advertising rooms for rent on Craigslist after that. So my fiancé and I have been on the lookout for a kitten to accompany our three-month-old kitten we have already. We searched and searched until one day he said to me, let's look on Craigslist, so I did. We found the perfect one, but the only problem was it was two hours and 30 minutes away from our home. I inquired about it at around 10.30 p.m., I know it was late, but almost immediately I got a response. She sounded very nice over text and asked to see where I lived so that she would feel settled about the kitten living with us. She also insisted on going to their house, I know. I should have just dropped it at the time I thought nothing of it. So I sent them a video we sent up a time for the next day to meet. Next day came I wasn't going to take my fiancé, but he insisted on coming with me because he wanted to be my protection in case since Craigslist is sketchy. So we drove two hours and thirty minutes on our way there. As we were on our way I was texting this girl that we would get there on time, and she responded, great see you then. We arrived to the home, me in the driver's seat and my fiancé in the passenger seat with the window down. I texted the girl and I got no response, I called and no response. I ended up calling five times and texting in the course of an hour and no response. I went up to the house and knocked on the door. Nothing. There was a car in the driveway but no response from the number or the door. We got there at 6.30 and waited until almost 8. Nothing. The neighbor came out asking what was wrong. I said, I'm here since I inquired about a kitten, and she said, 
A kitten, I said. Yes, it was an ad on Craigslist, she said. No one has kittens in this home, though, I showed her the ad, and she said, Oh, I know them. They are very sketchy people, and they don't own any cats. I just helped them move their furniture yesterday. So I said, Well, on their ad, it says that they have to get rid of their kittens since their new place doesn't allow pets. So TH neighbor said, That's impossible. I have a dog, and so does the next door over. I immediately found this creepy and assumed the neighbor was also in on something since it was too creepy and I was feeling anxious. I thanked her and left along with my fiancé. Literally immediately when we pulled out of the street I got a text from the girl saying, I'm just now getting your messages, something must be wrong with me phone. Did you still want the kitten or no? I didn't answer and we headed back home. What I don't understand is they didn't get any money from me but they asked me to show up not knowing I'd be with my fiancé. I had a bad feeling about it. What did they want from me? I was desperate. I had recently been let go from my job as a CMA at the same place after 11 years. Not even a thank you. I was a young woman trying to make ends meet and thought I'd struck gold when I first read the posting on Craigslist. Caregiver needed for elderly couple, mostly for wife. Duties will include assisting with bathing and dressing. May also include some cooking and cleaning. Experience is preferred alone with a kind heart and worker bee-like attitude. Good starting pay offered. Other than the obvious spelling mistakes, the ad sounded perfect. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I did wonder why they didn't ask for any references but at that point, I couldn't afford to be picky. My other efforts at finding work hadn't panned out at all. Within less than 24 hours after I applied, I received a response back asking me to come out and meet them the next day. I checked my calendar and I was free. The town was basically one main road running straight through the center of town. There were a few homes on each side. A lot of them were multi-level homes, with some having yards that looked neglected and needed sprucing up. 
I pulled up to the house with the GPS blaring, you have arrived at your destination. I got out of my car and took a moment to look around a bit more. As I was scanning my eyes meet those of an elderly man sitting in a chair on his front porch. I smiled and waved, but instead of returning the gesture he stared back at me with a blank expression. He had that thousand-yard stare going, and it made me shiver a bit despite it being quite warm outside. I didn't see anyone else out and heard no sounds except an occasional bird chirping somewhere unseen. There was an eerie calmness about the whole area. Answering the front door after several knocks was an elderly man. He introduced himself as Douglas. He welcomed me inside and asked me to take a seat in his living room. I sat down in an open chair, with Douglas saying he'd be right back as he walked upstairs. I heard Douglas lose his footing a couple of times as I'd hear a thud on the wooden stairs every few steps. I got up and walked over to bottom of the stairs. Hey, are you okay, sir? By the time I got over, I saw him disappear around the corner upstairs. He never did answer me. I retook my seat in the living room and looked around the place. The TV had some old game show on that I didn't recognize. I have to be honest, the whole place looked a bit unkempt and dusty. And then there was the smell. It was something I couldn't quite put my finger on, kind of musty like they hadn't opened the house up in a while. I sat and waited for a while. The whole time I thought I heard talking from upstairs, even with the TV on. I'm guessing Douglas was talking to his wife. I wanted to get this going though, Lord knows I needed this job. Finally, after a while longer, Douglas came back down, this time accompanied by his wife. Hello, my dear, my name is Martha. How do you do? Her stuttering threw me off a bit. I extended my hand to shake hers, but all she did was give me that familiar stare like the man outside did earlier. She turned to her husband, and he simply nodded at her. She awkwardly extended her hand, and we shook. I swear I could feel something tingling beneath the skin on her palm. Another shiver came over me. The three of us sat and talked for a bit, and I got mostly yes or no answers to my questions. Before I could ask about their lack of wanting any references, I had nature calling me to find the bathroom. Martha directed me to one through the kitchen and down another hallway. Her instructions weren't too helpful, but I eventually found it. The musty smell assaulted my nostrils as soon as I opened the door. Good God. I tried to cover my nose and mouth as best as I could. I thought about cracking the window, but decided to get done and get out. When I opened the toilet, I nearly hurled as another wave of stench hit me. What's worse was what was inside, bugs everywhere. Some looked dead, but most were squirming around inside the water and the bowl. Many climbed over each other to get out as they fell out and came right at my feet. I stepped on a few, and they crunched like dry leaves under my shoes. Hell! I pulled the door open so hard it slammed into the wall as I let go. I ran out into the hallway, ready to one apologize for slamming their door, and two let them know about their obvious bug problem. But I only made it a few feet when I stopped dead in my tracks. At the end of the long hallway was Martha. She was standing there, completely still. The lighting in the hallway wasn't too good so I could barely see her face, much less anything else. You okay, em, my dear? We heard you scream. Everything all right? Ah, uh, yeah, you guys have a lot of bugs in here. Maybe cockroaches, I couldn't tell. And I'm really sorry about the door. Don't worry about the door, my dear. Happens all the time. Come in the kitchen and we'll have some tea. 
I really didn't like tea, but I figured I needed to try and make up some ground with them after what just happened. Martha went into the kitchen, and I soon followed. She reached into the cabinets and was pulling out seemingly everything inside. Can I help you find something? It was then I stopped talking and took a closer look at my surroundings. On top of the cabinets. On top of the refrigerator. Even on Martha's clothes, there were more bugs. Possibly hundreds of them, all with their little antenna slowly waving around. And many seemed to be looking right at me with large dark compound eyes. Martha, I started stepping out of the kitchen, back towards the living room. Back towards the front door. Yes, dear? She was still fumbling around when she finally pulled out the tea kettle. Found it. I took a quick peek behind me and Douglas was nowhere to be seen. I turned back around to see Martha standing so close to me our noses almost touched. Ah, I fell, landing hard on my back. Martha stood over me and she had handfuls of the creatures crawling over her clothes and skin. Some fell off onto me and I tried to fling them off. Where are you going, my dear? Don't you want some tea? As she spoke, a couple of the things fell out of her mouth. I even saw a top tooth come out as well. I sprang to my feet and turned towards the door, and ran smack right into the thick frame of Douglas. I fell back again, but not all the way over this time. I grabbed a chair for support and half-kneeled as the two bodies of Douglas and Martha slowly advanced on me. It was at that point that something came over me, and I made a split-second decision, one that I would soon come to regret. I got to my feet and sprinted right past the both of them. I went between them as they tried to grab me and ended up falling into each other. I made it to the front door and reached for the handle. It took me a couple of seconds to realize there was no handle. I tried to find a way, any way to get the door open. Nothing would work. I frantically looked all around for some other way out. There was no way I was going into that kitchen or hallway again. I had only one choice, the upstairs. I took the steps two at a time, almost slipping in the process twice. The upstairs was no better than downstairs. It was dark and musty. The smell, oh god, the smell was putrid. F. I covered my mouth and nose with one hand while I tried to open every door I came to. None of them opened, but I swear each time I tried the handle on one I could hear muffled voices behind the door. They sounded like they were crying out for help. Finally, the last door I came to swung open without effort. The room was small and set up up with only a single bed and mattress in it along with a nightstand. The bed was currently unoccupied, and the windows. Both windows had bars crudely placed over them. I just caught my breath when I was shoved down hard from behind. This one's for you. I turned my head to see Douglas standing over me. I swear he had a look of satisfaction on his face. Martha followed behind him. They always run. So predictable. She looked down at me and then Douglas before turning back to head down the hall. I'll get that tea ready since you'll be staying with us now. She laughed in a strange way that sounded forced like it was foreign to her. I turned back to Douglas who had now crouched down beside me. Well, let's get you comfortable in the bed. Our brothers and sisters are waiting. He pointed with both index fingers to the empty room. That's when I heard sounds like a million nails scratching at the inside of the walls, scratching to get out and get to me. He dragged me over to the bed even as I tried to resist. I had lost the will to fight as soon as I had entered this room. This had been their plan the whole time, and I walked right into it. God only knows how many others they had trapped in here. 
Douglas threw me onto the bed hard, and we struggled against one another. He held my arms tight and sat on my pelvis to hold me down. Now, darling, it'll only hurt for a moment. He leaned over me a bit and opened his mouth wide. That's when I heard his jaw pop out of place. I could hear a loud hissing noise from down in his throat. Then I saw them making their way up and out of his mouth. Two thick and hairy long antennae. They moved about wildly as the head of some godforsaken monster pushed its way up through his throat. As this was happening, I could feel his hold on me lessen up a bit. I searched all around me for anything. To my left, sitting on the nightstand, was a lamp. It wasn't plugged in. So with everything I had, I pushed Douglas off of me and onto the floor. At that moment, the head of the thing had started to emerge. I saw two huge and dark compound eyes look at me before I took the lamp and smashed it. I don't know, maybe a dozen times until it stopped squealing and was nothing more than a bloody pulp on the floor. I was angry now, and I wanted payback. Still holding the lamp, I took off into the hallway and crept down the stairs until I reached the bottom. I heard Martha, still in the kitchen, fumbling around. I made my way towards her, stopping just before the open doorway. Martha was trying to hum some tune, albeit offbeat, and she had her back to me. I ran in, gripping the lamp in both hands. Here's your goddamn tea. I smacked her upside the head, and she fell down into the cabinets hard. Her whole body started to convulse as I dropped the lamp and ran to the hallway. The one I said I'd never go back down again. I remembered now the bathroom had a window. I opened the bathroom door and saw my chance at escaping this place. And much to my surprise, there wasn't a bug in sight. I forced the window open and pushed the screen. I climbed out and ran through the tall grass and weeds right to my car. That's when I saw them. People standing in front of their homes. Most of them elderly, some young. But all were standing and looking right at me. Then they all opened their mouths and started emitting a collective hissing noise. It was so loud and awful I had to cover my ears as I got into my car. I floored it in reverse with all the people still standing and now pointing at me. As I drove away I looked and saw the man I had waved at earlier when I arrived in town. He was waving back this time and had the fakest looking half smile I'd ever seen. His waving arm fell off at the shoulder and he looked down at it. I turned away in disgust and never looked back. When I was sure I was safe and far enough away I stopped and called the police from a gas station I found. It was a neighboring police department and they said they'd look into it right away. When they questioned me two days later back at my apartment, they told me the whole town had been abandoned. There was no trace of anybody. Homes left empty, some still with a TVS on. I asked about any people trapped in the house I was at. The officer just shook his head silently. It took a while, but I did find another job at an assisted living facility. This one I applied for in person, though, and I'm happy to say it's a great place, a bit of a drive, but it's worth it. No bugs as far as I can tell. I just want to leave you with this warning, though. Those things, whatever they were, are still out there somewhere. I don't know what they are or where they came from, and I think I made a mistake by killing what was inside of Douglas. At night I can hear the sounds of scratching in my walls. It's my turn for payback. So watch out for news of strange disappearances in your area. And if you ever see a posting like the one I did on Craigslist or anywhere else, take my advice. Avoid them at all cost. I have to go now. The scratching is getting louder.
found a PS3 a while back on there for a decent price, with an extra controller and like one game. I had an old fat one, and this was a... We're slim one, messaged them a price, and we agreed. A few hours later I find out I don't have as much as I thought I did, so I contact them again, and we go with a lower price. They agree. We meet at a McDonald's outside the mall a little away from where I live. They didn't really act strange, but seemed a little fast. I only got to look at the system for a moment before their husband pulled up to pick them up. Gave them the money and took the system it was in a bag. They left. I decide to get some food at the McDonald's for breakfast and take a look at the system. The controllers are all broken in some way and the system has prime marks on the spots to open it. Power cord is also melted or cut up on the end to fit into the system. I use a micro screwdriver set in my trunk to open the hard drive bay and find it has the wrong size drive and it says nerf on it which I took to mean bad. When I get home I open the system up, now curious. It's been gutted, weights added to the inside of it. Contact the police, nothing they can do since it would be a small claims thing. Since I have a cell number I pay $1 online to get a name for the number I have. Google the name and find their Facebook. Search and find their address. Contact them, they well and scream and hang up. Contact a few others to call them, they play dumb. Send them another text explaining that I am starting what I need to do for a small claims court, which is a certified letter giving them 10 days. They respond with wasn't them, and that they'd borrowed their cell phone to a random stranger on the street for a day. Yeah, okay. Continue to tell me they have a kid, and would never risk something like this. Then they cease all contact with me. Ally mail my letter, explains what I'm doing, have it set where I get a slip confirming they have received it. They contact me, still saying it wasn't them, but they will pay me. We meet, it's them, they pay me my money back. This took over a month to get done, I've just left out time frames. Next time I bought a console got a backwards compatible PS3 for $100. On there I took a TV, games to try, and a power converter for my car battery to test it. 